Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Um, if you have your notes, would you take them out? I want to title tonight's message simply this, UFC Fight Night. <laughs> I don't know if you're into like recreational you know, fighting sports like wrestling, WWE. When I was growing up, it was called the WWF. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The World Wrestling Federation. And I grew up watching Hulk Hogan and Randy the Macho Man Savage. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? The Ultimate Warrior. Andre the Giant. And and I grew up watching, and I I woke up every Saturday morning, and I was so excited to get up in the morning on Saturday and watch wrestling. It was what I loved. I loved it so much. Like, I, I had to stop watching it really for two reasons. Number one is because one Saturday, my parents came in and I had my sister in a suflex hold. And I was about to, I, was, I had her like in a reverse headlock like this. And I was about to lift her up and then just go back. You know what I mean? And, no, but there were pillows and cushions there. She was completely, she wanted, she wanted to be flipped upside down. And my dad walked in. He's like, mm, that looks like a broken back. Stop. But the other reason is because my dad told me something on that day. And he, he really, he ruined my life. <laughs> because my, my dad is like, David, why do you like that so much? Don't you know that it's fake? And I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. And my dad's like, just look, they're not even hitting each other in the face. They're missing each other. This is the worst acting in all of Hollywood. How could you think that's real? I'm like sixth grade. You know what I'm saying? I'm like that. And, and I realized it was fake and I began looking at it. But then they came out with this thing called UFC. And last night there was this UFC fight. It was fight night. It was the main event. Conor McGregor versus the Cowboy. <laughs> I just realized how fake that sounds. Conor McGregor versus the Cowboy. And many people paid $89.99 to watch 40 seconds of Conor McGregor go, uh, like that. And the fight was basically over. But at least it's real. You know what's so crazy about that? Wrestling is not real, but UFC is. Can I tell you, many of us live our lives like the battle that we're in and that we're really facing is not real. But can I tell you, the battle is very real. Oh, the battle of life gets messy sometimes. That's why it's so important that you're here on Sunday. Because on Sunday, we want to encourage you, but we also want to give you the realities and prepare you and set you up and equip you to go live your life this week and to succeed and to win some battles. I love that song. This is how I fight my battles. Because just like in the UFC, how many of you know spiritual warfare is real? And it's crazy because... Because the thing with UFC and fighting is this, in order to win the fight, someone has to be on top and you have to be able to get someone else down below you so that you can get the count. And whoever can overpower the other and gets the count wins. Here's what I would say is that there are many of us in this room that we are fighting things in our life and you are trying to wrestle and fight those things down for the count on your own. And some of us have been very good at winning some battles, but you're still feeling pain. You're winning in life, but you still feel discouraged. You may be winning at life, but you still don't feel fulfilled. You may be winning in the battle, but you're losing the war. You see, Jacob, something that we understand about Jacob is that he was in three fights in Genesis. And I want to give these to you. If you have your notes, 
I, I want to give you the first fight. Number one, write this down. Jacob was fighting with his past, and so are so many of us. We fight our past. You see, here's the reality. Many of us are fighting between the person we've become and the person we're supposed to be. And there's a lot of people in this room today, that's your fight. You're fighting, and there's this inner t turmoil and tension, and the fight is you're fighting against who you have become and who you know you, you were supposed to be. Or who you feel like, man, there's something bigger inside of me, but I don't know why I haven't attained it. I don't know why I haven't gotten there. Two weeks ago, I was sitting across the table with one of the greatest just influencers in our city. One of the greatest influencers in Miami. He is like an architect and this businessman, like not like an architect who like builds buildings, but he is this architect of like culture and society in Miami. Extremely wealthy, extremely successful. And I was sitting across the table with him having coffee and he literally told me this, I don't know why I don't feel happy in my life. I have all of these things, but I feel like I should be making a difference in people's lives. Pastor David, that's why I called you, is because I, I've got to somehow get my endeavors in tune with helping humanity, and I've heard about Brave Church, and I wanted to know how can I be a part of helping humanity in our city. You see, here's the thing. No matter how much success and levels that you rise, you could go to the world and try to win battles, but you will always come back to God. Because here's the thing. Many of us, we are fighting with things in our past and trying to figure out, well, here's who I've become. Here's who I am. But there's something inside of me that's greater. I feel like there's something in me that should be different than who I am today. Jacob had that same battle. He had that same fight. Well, Pastor David, why are we talking about getting past our past? Because some of you are here and you're still discouraged. Some of you are here today and you're like, man, I, I can't believe I still have this job. I can't believe I made that mistake. I can't believe I did that five years ago. I can't believe that I, I made that decision and it has affected your life. I can't believe they left me. I can't believe they stayed with me. <laughs> I can't believe I, I, I made that decision. I can't believe I, I got that degree. I can't believe I didn't get that degree. And there are some of us in this room, there are many of us in this room that you have not gotten past your past and you are fighting over your past because you wake up in the morning and it's the first thing you think about and you go to bed at night and it's the last thing you think about and you hear me preach about it but you just can't get there to let go of it. Pastor David, why is it? Here's the reason. You will never get past your past as long as you're holding on to it. The only way to get past your past is to say, God, I'm going to give you my past. Because when you give God your past, God says this, I forgive it, now let's move on. But as long as you are holding on to your past, as long as you refuse to give it to God and repent of it and let it go, it will always be something that pulls you back. You see, with Jacob, here's the thing, he couldn't get past his past. I wonder how many of us spend energy thinking about how we got where we are Instead of putting energy into, God, how do I get where I am to where I need to be? Like there are a lot of us that it's like if you get lost on a road and you're trying to get to a destination, you're trying to go from Miami to Boca Raton and you end up in Naples. How many of you know you're going to be frustrated? Come on, how many of you are getting your directions from someone in the passenger seat? You're going to be like frustrated at them. Like, bro, Naples, what are you, you told me to make a left. We made a left. And then you're like blaming each other. You're playing the blame game. You, you know what's so crazy? Many of us do the same thing with our life. Watch this. We arrived at where we are. And so many of us put so much energy and focus of, man, how did I get here? 
man, this isn't where I wanted to be at this time in my life. Like, this isn't, this isn't how it's supposed to, how did I get here? And we like to spend so much energy and focus thinking about how, how did I get here? Well, Pastor David, what do I need to do? I want to encourage you today. Stop looking at your past. Begin to say, God, from right here, how do I get to my destination? If I'm in Naples and I'm trying to get to Boca, then I'm not going to keep looking at the past mistakes I made in the wrong turns. But instead, I'm going to say, here's what I need to do. I need to turn this thing around. I need to go this way, then make a right, and I can arrive at my destination. I want to encourage someone today. Your past is your past. Start where you are today and say, God, what do you have for my future? What do you have for my family? What do you have for my finance? What do you have for my marriage? And begin to move forward today. Somebody shout, I'm going forward. You see, here's the reality. You can't go back and change the way you began, but you can always start where you are and change the ending. Come on, let that encourage somebody in this room. Stop looking at what you could, you should have changed. You, you can't go back. There's one thing you cannot do. You cannot change the past. I was having a conversation with some guys in the hallway before service tonight, and we were talking about this, and we were talking about how hard it is sometimes just to let go. But come on, I want to encourage you. If God doesn't remember your past, then you shouldn't either. Come on. Start where you are. Let God finish. I believe that the last part of your life is going to be the best part of your life. I believe that tonight is the beginning of a new chapter in the book. I believe that God is writing some of the best pages in your life, and I'm preaching 62% better than your amening back but I'm here to tell you that the rest of your life will be the best of your life come on if you believe that say yes yeah 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 because I can't change anything that's already been written you can't go back and rewrite pages that have already been printed but one thing you can say is my God my life I've got a bunch of blank pages and I'm not going to fill them with previous mistakes but God tonight is going to be a night where I'm going to say begin to write your pen in my book God God begin to write your will begin to write your destiny begin to write your purpose in my life is there anybody here today that you're tired of living in the past and you're ready to say God you can have the rest of my book called my life. But Jacob had, man, Jacob was wrestling with his past. Number two, write this down. Write this down. You have to understand he also was fighting with his secrets. His secrets. And can I tell you? So do we. Like, you've got secrets. Anybody here have some secrets? Come on, lift up your hand. Some of you are trying to be secretive with raising your hand. You're like, why are you trying to be so slick? Come on. I'm serious. Some of you are like, come on, anybody got some secrets? Come on, there you go. Be proud of them. Maybe not that either, but you know what's crazy about Jacob? Jacob was named deceiver even before he started deceiving. He had this label, and he started living it out. What if you were given a label, someone called you a name, someone put you down, and that created an insecurity? And the enemy, many times, will stop our destiny when he can get you to believe an insecurity lie. 
Oh, oh, I meet adults that they picked up a label, a sticker. You ever see those stickers that says, hello, my name is? Is there a rap song that goes like, hello, my name is? There's, okay, just checking. And it says, hello, my name is, and then you put your name. Do you know what? The devil loves to mark and cripple us when we are young. Most of the things that are crippling you as an adult are things that crippled you when you were a child. Come on, can we just let that settle for a second? I like, I know it's opening up, opening up wounds, but let's just go there so God can heal it. And the reason why a majority of our hurts and abandonment and abuse was when we were young is because the devil knows if he can get you when you're young to question God, where were you? Because the Bible says this, that there is something contagious about the faith of a child. You remember we're in this thing called crazy faith? That, 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 that you ask kids, what do you want to do when you grow up? And there's no limitation. They will tell you, I want to be an astronaut. And we as parents are like, oh, that's incredible. Johnny's never going to be an astronaut. Yes, you are. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Because they believe that, man, God can do anything. And so the devil understands that faith is the currency of heaven. And God puts such pure faith in children that if the enemy can contaminate the faith at a young age, it will cause you to doubt God and doubt yourself for the rest of your life life because it's faith that unlocks doors it is faith that opens up the heaven it is faith that God is real that will allow you to encounter God and so of course the enemy is going to come and combat your faith at a young age and there are some of us here today that man we are wrestling and our secret is that man you're just so insecure and nobody knows it Jacob had a secret Jacob's secret was this his older brother Esau Scripture describes both of them. This is crazy. Scripture is so specific and detailed. It says this, that his older brother Esau was hairy. It's like, why do we need to know that, Jesus? Come on, ladies. You know that's what you really want. It's just a good hairy man. Come on. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> we need to end this quick. And, and, and he's, he's hairy. In fact, he's so hairy. Man, Scripture just talks about it for a minute. Like, this man is so hairy. But Jacob is the opposite. Esau is like an outdoors guy. He camps. He hunts. He's at Dick's Sporting Goods every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Jacob, he wants to cook in the kitchen with his mom. Nothing wrong with that. Any men here who you love to cook? Come on, be honest. Awesome. <laughs> I see ladies looking around going, who's he at? Where's he at? I see you, boo. <laughs> Come and get your number after church. <laughs> and so, I'm sorry. And so Jacob, he's a... <laughs> Jesus, this is happening because the Miami Heat lost today. And I've lost my mind, Lord. Fresh anointing. Jacob is a mama's boy. Esau is an outdoorsman. Now watch this. Scripture says that Esau comes in one day. He's been out hunting all day and all night, and he's famished. He's hungry. And Jacob just so happens to be cooking the family favorite meal. And Esau comes in. He says, hey, Jacob, hey, brother, can you give me one of those meals that you've been cooking? I can smell it. I can smell it like 100 yards from the house. And Jacob all of a sudden says, oh, you want some of the food I cook? Sure. But it's going to cost you something. 
Because remember, he didn't get past his past. They're grown adults, but he's still thinking about the past. Of course, man, what do you want? I'm so hungry, man. Hurry up. I'm hangry, dude. I'm going to beat you up, mama's boy. Give me some food. And Jacob says, I will give you all that you can eat. It'll be a buffet, or as we say in Miami, buffet. Come on, somebody. I will give you a buffet of food, but it's going to cost you something. What do you want? I'll trade you food for the inheritance. And can you believe that Esau made the trade? He traded millions of dollars, what would be millions of dollars in our time, for food. Now, before we say, man, what an idiot, dude. Can I tell you, we do that all the time? Can I just say something? You have to be careful for appetites that you have to constantly fill. Because the enemy would love to get you to a place where to fill your appetite, he's going to trade you for something that's going to cost you more than what you traded for. You see, 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 that's why we got to... That's why we got to pray and fast. Because when you fast, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm not going to let my appetite rule me. Come on, let me talk to you. I'm not going to trade my calling. Can I just work this for a minute? Can I just work this for a second? Because I've seen people that have traded their families for a one-night fling. I've seen people that have traded their calling and ministry and destiny for something that was shiny and glimmery. But when you make the trade, how many of you know it doesn't shine anymore? It doesn't shimmer anymore. And all of a sudden you're like, my God, what have I done? What have I traded? Be careful of your appetite. Because the enemy never asks you for everything at first, but he'll make small little trade deals with you. He'll get you addicted to making trades, and then all of a sudden he'll wait till your appetite for lust, your appetite for greed, your appetite for power, your appetite for affirmation. He'll wait till you are hangry in the spirit, and he will say, I will give it to you, but I'll trade it for your calling and purpose. Can I take this a little bit deeper? So Esau makes this trade. But it doesn't end there. He made the trade, but he has to get his father's seal of approval before the deal is done. So he has this idea. I'm going to go into my father who is very old and is losing his eyesight. And I already am called the deceiver and trickster, so I might as well live up to my name. You see why you can't live by the labels that the world or the enemy or your own voice tells you? Because we will always default, well, this is just who I am. This has just been in my family. This is just how we've always been. This is just the thing. This is my weakness. It will never change. Jacob said, this is just who I've always been. What's it going to hurt? So he goes into his dad. This is crazy. Man, if you think scripture is boring... You're boring. This is so good. He goes into his dad. He's like, but my dad's never going to believe that I'm Esau because I waxed my arms. And my brother is so hairy. So he goes in and he kills this animal and he puts the fur of the animal on his arms. How many of you know homeboy's hairy? He walks into his dad's chamber and his dad goes, Esau, is that you? And don't you know, man, that made Jacob just so upset. Of course you're going to ask it to Esau, your favorite son. He walks up to his dad. He says, hey, father, would you go ahead and give me the blessing and go ahead and transfer 
the inheritance before you die. His dad, Isaac, says, you sound like Jacob. Are you sure you're Esau? And he says, Dad, it's me. It's Esau. It's your firstborn. It's the one you love the most. And Esau, and Isaac says, give me your arm so I can feel your arm. And Jacob is such a deceiver. He's like, I knew my dad would ask for that. And he extends his arm out to his father, and his father feels it and goes, oh, yeah. It's you, you hairy animal. <laughs> you take after your mother. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm so sorry. Hashtag sorry. Hashtag come back next week and I'll be more mature. <laughs> Here's what I want you to pick up from this. Jacob gets the blessing, but his dad blessed who Jacob pretended to be. How does this relate to my life? Remember I said that we have to fight for your secrets? God cannot bless who we pretend to be. And there are some of us that we are pretending. We're trying to fake it till we make it with God. And we wonder why God's not blessing us and God's like, because I made you, I know who you are. But this personification that you're giving to everyone, this persona, it's not even you. Oh, God sees, man, like we're so good on social media, like we put out there who we are, but we know that's not who we are. Like we want people to feel a certain way and we want people to think this certain thing. That's why we, we drive it and we try to dress it and we try to post it. But at, behind all of the postings and the, the internet of what we perceive and want people to perceive us to be, here we are behind the glass, behind the lens, still struggling to identify who we are. And God says, I want to bless you, but I can't bless the fake you. Let me take it deeper. This is why it's so important that a brave church, that we never come in and we fake it. Because if we're not careful, we will wear masks the church and people agree us, hey, how you doing? Bless God, you're so great. And we're like, oh man, I'm doing great. Family's great. Kids are great. Business is great. Job is great. And you come and sit down and you're like, man, I am falling apart. Can I tell you, church should be a place where it's okay not to be okay. It's okay if you came here tonight and you're struggling. It's okay if you came here tonight and you feel like, man, I'm barely holding it together. You don't have to pretend or perform at Brave Church. Come on. We want to get someone around you and pray for you and intercede for you and get breakthrough for you. Come on. I've come here to tell you, with God, he can't bless who you pretend to be. That's why scripture says that works. Look at this. Proverbs 28 says this. He who conceals. In other words, he who wears a mask. That word conceal literally means in the original in the original Hebrew, it literally means a mask. He who wears a mask and hides his sin will not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Psalm 32, 3 through 5. This is King David. Come on, the king, the most influential man in his generation. He said this. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you. And you stopped and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And all my guilt is gone. Can I tell you, I love how David says this. 
that as long as I was hiding my sins and being someone who I really wasn't. You see, King David, he committed adultery and he wanted that woman so bad he had her husband murdered. So here he is, the God-anointed leader of God's people, and he's a murderer and adulterer. And he still tried to lead the kingdom like he was still pure before God. And the Bible says that he felt so weak because he was hiding, he was faking, that his bones were evaporating like they were in the summertime heat. Can I tell you, that's why some of you are really tired. Like, you're just tired. You're like, man, I take naps and I wake up and I'm not refreshed. On my days off, I rest, I take time for me, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still exhausted and tired. The reason could be that you're resting your body, but your soul's not getting rest. Because there's only one way for us to get rest for our soul. It is when we say, God, here's who I am. I'm blue, I messed up. Would you forgive me? Would you just cleanse me? And the scripture says this, that God will forgive you and all of your guilt is gone. Let me give you number three. Are you good for one more? Yeah. Number three is this. Jacob was fighting over his past. He was fighting over his secrets. And number three, he was fighting with God. If the band would come up, Jacob tried everything. He tried the right marriage. He had the money. He had the business. He tried everything and he still had to come back to God. Can I tell you? You can try everything, but you'll come back to a place where you're going to run back to God. I love my job because here's the reality is, I don't have to have the burden of trying to convince you to give your life to Jesus and to try God. Because if I can't convince you, life will convince you. Preach. Like, like, like I've seen people that will come to brave and they're like, they'll be here for a minute. And then, man, just like the world is enticing them so much, and they go back out. And I'm just like, you're like, Pastor, do you worry about them? I do, but here's what I know. It is so brutal out there. Everyone's out for themselves. It's just da-da-da-da. That's why we need a brave church. Come on, somebody. Like, like the devil and, and, and all of his lies, just destroying lives and destroying families. Here's what I know. As they go back out, I just pray, God, cover them and protect them until life shows them that they really need this again. And I'll see people that, like, they'll be gone for three months, and then three months later, here they come walking through the door, and, man, they look like they just ran a marathon. Come on. They're like, oh, my God. It's crazy out there. I'm like, I told you. But if I can't convince you, the world will convince you that God is the only one who is worth fighting with. God is the only, and I'm not talking about fighting in rebellion. I'm talking about fighting with him saying, God, I'm not going to leave this place until you bless me, until you prosper me, until you help me, until you bless my marriage, until you put a calling on my kids. We are going to be faithful to the house until you bless me. I don't know if I've told you this, but there have been times where I've got this walk-in closet in my house and I'm going to close with this that I will shut the door to my bedroom and I'll shut the door to my closet and I tell the kids turn the music up that you're listening to turn the basketball game up and I will go into my closet because you don't just need it here at church but you need a place where you can fight with God and there's times where I will go into that place and I'll put on some worship music and I'll say, okay, God, it's fight night. Because you put this calling on my life and it ain't easy. You've given me two kids. And it's not easy to be a dad. 
Come on, can we just be real? It's a crazy world, God. I'm fighting for my purity. It's a crazy world, God. I'm fighting to stay faith-filled. It's crazy out there, God. So God, I need a breakthrough tonight. Is it okay if your pastor's just gonna be real with you? God, I need a breakthrough. Pastor David, how do you do it? How, how do you go through things in life and you still preach and you still have faith for us, let alone faith for yourself? I'll tell you how. I've learned to fight with God. I've learned to lock myself into a room and turn off Netflix and turn off my cell phone and turn off everything else and say, God, only one of us is coming out of here and I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm going to fight with you. You better believe. There are times where I'll get so fearful over my kids' future and the devil's like, oh, I'm going to get your kids. I'm like, baby, you're not getting nothing because I'm going into my closet and I'm going to wrestle with God. God, I give you Natalia and Britton. I give you my family and I'm going to not let you go until you bless me. Until, oh, is there anybody who knows what I'm talking about? You've got to get a hold of God. Listen, listen, I've come here to challenge you and to dare you to find time in your week to fight with God. Say, God, I'm not going to let you go. I remember I was like 23 years old and I was in a church service like this and I remember I heard a preaching. I don't even know what it was about, but because you know what's the truth? You're not going to remember this message in 20 years, but you'll remember the encounter you had here tonight. I don't remember what they preached. I remember I was in that service and I felt God was like, how much do you want your life to make an impact? How much of, of generational things do you need to break off? Because what you don't know, I've got a lot of preachers in my family, but my family hasn't always been preachers. I've got gangsters, mafia people, murderers. Uh, there's people in my family that are in New York City, jail, prison, have spent their whole life there because they're murderers, they're gamblers, they're, they're like money laundering. Like, it is crazy. And my grandfather said, this cannot be what the stalker name is represented in history. So my grandfather moved from New York City to Philly and the danger and the people followed him. And so he said, well, I got to leave Philly. And he moved to the Mouse House. Orlando, Florida. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Disney World. The Mouse? Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Okay. And he said this. He said, God, I'm going to wrestle with you until you tell me what to do. And God said, move to Orlando. And because of your obedience, you are going to be a river in the middle of the desert in your family. And you got these like mafia people in New York. They're capping people. They're blowing people away. But I'm going to raise up in the middle of some of the most dangerous people in America's biggest city. And I'm going to raise up another stream of pastors and preachers. And I'm going to send you to every major city in the United States. And you're going to declare freedom you're gonna oh let me tell you you do too there's times where you're gonna have to wrestle with God to say my mama was like this but I'm gonna be free my dad was like this but I'm gonna be free anybody want to be free shout freedom yeah 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 look what scripture says look what scripture says Hebrews 3 7 don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. Your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. Their hearts always turned away from me. 
They refuse to do what I tell them. So I, in my anger, I took an oath. This is God speaking. And he said, they will never enter my place of rest. Listen, if we fight against God instead of fighting with God, God says this, you'll never have rest for your soul. So how do I do this, Pastor David? Three things real quick. Come on, write this down in your notes. Number one is this. Give up being in control. Give up. Look at your neighbor and say, just give up. Some of you are like, man, I'm not kidding. I'm not even like saying that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, give up. Yeah, yeah. Give up you being in control. Isn't it time that you let God be in control? Like, as long as you've been in the driver's seat, look what. There's some of us in this room, you literally have nothing else to lose. Give God control. Give God the driver's seat of your life. I promise you, God will change everything in your life. Number two, you have to realize brokenness comes before the breakthrough. I was talking with someone this week and, and, and they were just wanting some advice for some things. And I was telling them like, man, here's like, man, here's the word of God. It was so crystal clear. And I could tell he was kind of refusing it. And really what it was is he wasn't broken enough. Sometimes God has to get us to a place where we are so broken that all we have is him. Come on, let me just say this. Don't get so broken that God has to strip everything from you to where all you have is Him. Come on, don't wait till you're at the bottom. Why don't you just start right here and say, God, I'm broken and I need a breakthrough. You're here today and some of you, you feel broken. Something in your life is broken. Let me tell you, those are ingredients for a breakthrough in your life. Oh man, the brokenness is not going to break you. The brokenness is going to give you the breakthrough. Come on, I'm here to tell you, if you just lean in through the brokenness. Here's the third thing. What do I do? What do I do when I'm fighting with God? Write this down. Number three is this. Give your whole life to God. Now, I'm going to close with this. We say something every January, and I'm going to close with this statement. Giving your whole life to God means this. I believe this with all my heart. God calls us to a local church, and that is our family. Yes? Okay, we, are, we are a body. The Bible says we are a body. So you need us and we need you. So if we're a body, that means if you're not all in, we may be missing an arm. If you're not all in, that means we may be missing, missing like a leg. Some of you, we haven't seen the full vision of what God wants to do at Brave because you're supposed to be the eyes. But because you're playing and you're tripping, and you're too busy, you're doing your thing, the kingdom of God is on hold because we're waiting for your eyes to help us to see new ground to take. Some of you are at the ear and you're supposed to be the one that hears the prophetic prayers and the prophetic worship in our, our movement. But, but listen, without you, we're missing part of the body. So here's what we say every single year at the beginning of the year. Go all in with Brave for one year and watch what God does in your life. And I say that because I've been saying that for the last five years and every year at this time I had people tell me today hey pastor January of 2019 you said go all in so we went to every encounter weekend we went to dinner parties we went to brave life one and two so now we're going to brave life level three and I'm like so How's it going? Did I lie to you? They're like, no, I can tell you, God is doing amazing things in my life. Yeah, there's struggles at times. Yeah, there's pitfalls at times. But we can tell you that my faith is stronger. My faith is like, man, just going up. Man, I'm just telling you that God is blessing my family. God is blessing my kids. God is blessing my mind. Let me tell you something. Go all in for one year and watch what God does. 
I can tell you everything that we do here at Brave Church is with a purpose. We don't just do anything because we're like, hey guys, what should we do? Oh, Encounter Weekend, let's do that. No, 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 we pray, we fast. Encounter Weekend, you need to sign up for. Dinner parties, you need to join. I want to challenge you, go all in. Statistics are that the average person who like goes to a church, they go to 40% of the Sundays a year. Come on, don't be half in, half out. Make it a priority. Man, that's why we have services in the morning and at night, two locations, soon to be three. We're trying to make it easy for you. If you're like going on a weekend like the Disney World, go all the six o'clock service. We're trying to make it easy for you to make this a part of your life. Go all in with God for one year and watch what God will do. I believe in God's word. That's what it means by giving your whole life to God. Let me give you one last verse. Mark chapter eight, verse 34. Calling the crowd to his disciples. Jesus said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead you're not in the driver's seat I am Jesus tonight we so desperately need you to be in the driver's seat God I pray that tonight would be a night that we would release control and we would surrender to you God we're tired of fighting our past God, there's so many people in this room that we've been exhausted. It's exhausting to cover our secrets. God, we confess tonight. We confess to you. We, we're not going to fake it. We're, we're just going to be real with you. This is who we are. These are the labels we've carried. We have failed you, but God, your mercy and your grace is so rich. And God, I thank you that you teach us that it's okay to fight with you and wrestle with you to get the blessing from you. So God, I thank you even for the brokenness in our lives. God, I thank you in 2019, the brokenness that was in my life, the brokenness that was in our lives, the brokenness some of us even in 2020 have new brokenness. They're like, man, this is the new year. It's already, God, we thank you for that because we know that brokenness comes before the breakthrough. So if I'm broken, that means the breakthrough is around the corner. So I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to grow faint. In fact, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to give even more of who I am to your kingdom. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.